0: Welcome to Disciple Making a podcast to encourage, inspire, and equip you to make disciples in your home and in the world. I remember the day about two years and a few months ago when I asked my friend who has a daughter that's a bit older than my daughter, then I only had our daughter Fuka, if we didn't want to have our own private hanami. Now, if you know anything about Japan, probably you know what a hanami is. It is during the season of sakura, during the season of the cherry blossoms blooming after a long, long winter. And nothing else is actually green yet. So it's really the the first sign of spring and that first sign is that everywhere suddenly these cherry trees burst into blossoms and the world turns pink and white and yeah, different shades of pink and it is just amazing and beautiful. Especially up here in the north of Japan where the winters are really very long and cold it is still a time where it's it's quite cold, actually. So it feels like, yay, it's spring. But often you kind of go and shiver in your winter jacket still as you look at the cherry blossoms. But the tradition is that you sit under the cherry blossoms on a blue plastic sheet and have picnics. So many people would have also like real parties, having some nice rice wine and so on or you just eat dango which is a compressed glutinous rice cake on on a stick so they're like three of those rice cake balls on a stick and you eat them as you sit under the sakura and you just enjoy being out in the sun in warmer temperatures although it's still cold and yeah, that is the beginning of spring here in Japan. And I remember that day from a bit more than two years ago, so very specifically, because it was the first time that I could share my story with my friend. We were chatting about this and that, and then I asked her some questions about her life, and she shared a bit. Um, told me a lot about her youth actually, and being a teenager and some struggles from that time. And then she asked me, so, so what about you? What what happened with you during that time? Kind of, how did you become the person who you are? And I had been praying before that that I would have the opportunity to share my story of coming to faith of becoming a follower of jesus with her and it was really amazing because until then we did not have very spiritual conversations and it was such an answer to prayer that she would ask so very specifically about a time where i became a christian where i decided by myself i want to follow jesus and yeah, the, the prayer beforehand really prepared me for that situation and, and made me eager. And then I could share. And that was the beginning of many, many spiritual conversations, sharing the gospel with her, praying for her, um, for specific situations in her life where she also experienced God very specifically answering, very specifically um, yeah, touching her life. And we started doing DBS together. So as I, we've been talking about DBS in the last while, that that was then a situation where I did it with uh, a friend who is not who was not yet a Christian, but just very open, very eager, um, also a personality that that loves learning and learning more and studying together and discussing things. So discovery Bible study was a a good tool for her. And yeah, this year in January, she got baptized. And it all started with that day under the sakura, when I could share my story with her. Now that took you right into today's topic. And yeah, I want to welcome you all Thank you for listening to Disciple Mom, Making Mama again. Um, I'm Anne. I always forget to introduce myself. I, I, I always assume that you know me anyways if you're listening to this, but let me introduce myself. My name is Anne. I am a German, but I'm married to a South African and we have two ad- adopted Japanese children and one very mixed international baby on the way. And yeah, we currently live in Japan, um, but we are moving to South Africa within the next few months, which is, of course, a bit of a challenge due to COVID. So we will actually have a, a stop in between of three months in Germany, where our third baby is also going to be born. And yeah, I am very passionate about making disciples. I've been with an international missions organization for the last eight years. But interestingly, the longer I've been what you might call a professional disciple maker, the more passionate I've become about equipping everyday normal Christians to make disciples, seeing this is really not some calling only for, for the special and the elect and the especially gifted or especially sent out, but we are all told by Jesus to go and make disciples. And yeah, I hope that listening to this podcast is going to encourage you in that pursuit and also equip you a little bit. So yeah, as you can tell from this introduction, um, we will be talking about our testimony or your testimony today Um, after talking a little bit more about um, the aspect a bit further down the line of making disciples where we really want to help people grow in their faith Um, we'll now jump right back to the start and speak a bit more about evangelism in the next few sessions. And I think it's good to just remember those are both part of making disciples, depending on our gifting, depending on maybe our own experience as well. We might think only of one, only of evangelism or only of, um, you know, that mentorship, helping somebody along the way in their walk with Jesus as disciple-making. But disciple-making is really both, and both is important. It is obviously important that people hear the gospel, that people are born again, that they're assisted well in in that new birth, in yeah starting a new life, but then also that they're not just left there, but that they're helped to grow up spiritually as well that as newly born again babies, they're given proper milk and regular milk. And that then as they grow up, they, they're they given challenges and more meaty things. And yeah, all of that is part of disciple making and I think it's exciting that there's not only one part of it and depending on your gifting and your personality and your circumstances you'll probably be drawn to one aspect of those more but yeah let's let's keep the the whole of disciple making in mind so yeah we'll be speaking a bit more about evangelism and about helping people be born again in the next while. So we've already spoken a fair bit about sharing the gospel on this podcast and about helping people respond to the gospel. We looked at different times that the first disciples shared the gospel in the book of Acts, and there's still a few more passages that I'd love to, to talk us through. But yeah, that, well, I, I thought it's maybe a bit overwhelming and a bit boring if we only do that the whole time so they'll come kind of interspersed between some some other um topics some other conversations and then i've also shared with you how i like to share the gospel taking from those passages especially in acts and more indirectly than from the epistles um what is important when we share the gospel? What parts need to be there that we need to introduce God as the, the God who is the creator? That we need to introduce people as those who have turned away from the way they were created to be, from beings that were created to have an intimate personal relationship with their father God that expresses itself in love, in worship, in obedience, in submission, and in imitation of God. But yeah, that people turned away from that and that God allowed that because he allows people and he gave people a free will because he desires as well that this relationship with people would be a true relationship based on free will, and not just something that his creatures were programmed to do. Then, of course, the the center, the heart of the good news is Jesus, that Jesus came into this broken relationship between God and man, being both God and man, that Jesus came and demonstrated the character of the Father, that the Father is not far and distant, and stern and harsh but that he he loves that he heals that he wants to restore that he desires mercy most of all more than sacrifice that he desires love more than or love as an expression of keeping his commands and then of course that that Jesus in an act of Taking our place, being a ransom on our behalf of, um, yeah, taking our, our punishment, of taking all the the things that had gone wrong in the world as a result of people turning away from God upon himself when he died on the cross, that he died indeed, that he rose again he was raised by the father because he had not turned away from God and that through that he had made a way for us to be reconciled to the father to be reconnected to God and that through Jesus we can now live like Jesus and the way we we enter into that life we've seen through looking at different passages and acts, um, requires certain actions, shall I say, certain responses from our side. That it requires that we turn away from our previous life, that we repent, that we say, "I do not want to live like um, Adam and Eve decided to live, not according to the purposes that I was created to." But I want to live as God created me to live in this relationship with him. And therefore, I'm going to turn away from sinful ways, from ways that do not please God anymore. I'm going to stop doing those things, stop thinking those things, stop being that person, if you will, and I will turn to God. I'll make things right and I will align my lifestyle, my thinking, my ways more and more with God's ways. I've also seen that the foundation of that has to be faith, of course, to believe in Jesus, to put our trust into that Jesus who came into the mess of the world and became our savior in it through his death and resurrection. And then we we also see that part of being born again is that that old life has to, has to truly die and that in baptism we enter into the death of Jesus and that our old self dies and that we can be raised up with Jesus as a new self, as a new spiritual creation and that has been washed clean from previous sins with a, a washed clean conscience and then, in order to to live this life that Jesus lived, we need to be filled with the same Spirit that He was filled with. So, one other aspect of being born again is, as we've seen, to um, receive the Holy Spirit and then walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and the leading of the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus did. So, yeah, just as a as a quick. Um, Summary. If you want to listen to the the more extensive episode, um, more extensive um, explanation of of how I often like to share the gospel, um, you can re listen to episode five. That's where I just took you into that experience. Yeah. So that we've that was just a quick recap. We've we've been looking at those things, and yeah. So today. We will bring in another aspect of evangelism, another aspect of how we can share this good news of Jesus Christ with the people around us. When we think about the Christian faith in general, and when we think about our own experiences and the experiences of Christians around us, of how we came to faith we see a special dynamic at play. We see that there is a togetherness of objective truth that I've just shared with you. The gospel, you know, Jesus came to the world. He was fully God, fully man, died, was buried, rose again, and so on. That's the objective truth. But then there's also a subjective experience that needs to happen for somebody to become a Christian, to um, experience the reality of this good news in their own lives. We also see that there's a a special dynamic at play between truth for everybody. What I just shared is, is true, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, and a necessity of an individual response. This is not just a truth that is simply there but it needs to be individually applied to be powerful to be true if if i can say that you know what i mean i'm sure um and and we also see this dynamic of the gospel being the same truth for everybody as we see it revealed in the bible and yet we see that when we listen to, to various Christians around us, that there was always a personal encounter and a personal con- confirmation of that truth. So we, we see that when we, when we speak about the Christian faith, when we speak about Christianity, a big aspect of that is personal, individual, experiential. And we see this dynamic reflected in the way that the first Christians shared the gospel and evangelized in the book of Acts. They preached Jesus, the objective truth, and how Jesus changed their lives. So the subjective experience. And so we too, as we evangelize people, let's keep that in mind and share both if we only share the objective truth the gospel let me say it like that it can be a little bit dry can seem a little bit impersonal or kind of teachy maybe potentially a bit disconnected to the person we're we're sharing it with just like we're, we're it, it could seem like we're we're just sharing information with them and it could seem to them that we're just just sharing another religion just another set of belief beliefs just another uh, another philosophy and what does that have to do with them on the other side we we must also we must share the objective truth of course that is the the foundation that any personal experience of of jesus and with jesus must be built on because if we only share the personal experience then the response of the the person we're sharing with might be well that's that's nice for you but my experience is different and so hmm, it's kind of my experience versus your experience and how do we um you, you know where where is the substance where where is something concrete and objective that we can actually talk about it also when when we only share our objective uh, subjective sorry (laughs) i'm using two big words too early in the morning i guess um so if we only share our story with people and we are not sharing the objective truth of the gospel as well we are in danger of not sharing the the full truth Um, we might limit the other person's understanding of the gospel through our limited experience and awareness of what the reality of the gospel did in our lives. And that is not a bad thing. The the gospel is very complex and it will also in in different people, um, different aspects of the gospel will be emphasized will be stronger will be more meaningful but if we only share our experience and we share that with a person whose life circumstances might be very different or whose personality might be very different um they they might not be able to connect to the gospel because they only hear our limited um awareness and application shall i say of it so yeah all that to say, um, let's let's keep sharing both. Let's keep sharing the gospel, the the truth objectively as it is revealed in the Bible. But let's also keep sharing our stories of how Jesus met us and how he became our savior. Yeah, well, I'm I'd just like to look at at one instance where. Somebody shared their their testimony in the book of Acts in a bit more detail. Now, testimony is a very Christianese word, but I think um, for the sake of simplicity, I will use it. And I think you you've now understood what what I mean when I say testimony. So in Acts twenty two, we see that Paul speaks to a crowd of Jews. Now. Just uh, a quick reminder, we've, we've also seen that Paul um, very clearly shared the gospel with people. So again, we, we see Paul was, was a master at, at sharing the objective truth, but then also saying, hey, and hey, guys, this is how it changed my life. And that was very powerful in Paul's evangelism. So let's look at the way he kind of structures the sharing of his story. We see that he he starts by telling the people about his life before Christ, that he studied under Gamaliel, that he was zealous for God, that he persecuted the church, and that he even went to Damascus for that purpose, just to persecute the church, that he had special letters that allowed him to do that That's how zealous he was against the church of Jesus. So he gives a brief overview of his life before Christ. Then he shares about the turning point, what happened between that life before Christ and now that life in Christ that he's living now. So he shares the turning point, and his response to the gospel shares about how on the road to Damascus, he saw a bright light, heard a voice from heaven that said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he, he shares two key questions that he asked Jesus. He asked Jesus, who are you? Or, Well, he asked that voice, who are you? And then he asked, what shall I do? And that is crucial in in this part of sharing our testimony, that we share clearly who Jesus became for us and what we did. So who are you and what shall I do as part of this turning point part of sharing? sharing our testimony. And then Paul goes on to um, sharing about his life after that, his, his new life in Christ that he met with Ananias, that he was healed from blindness, that Ananias told him that God had chosen him to be his witness to all people, to know his will, to see the righteous one, hear words from his mouth, and yeah we 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 also see that in this whole part where paul describes his life in christ now in jesus that everything he says has to do with jesus now he's a zealous preacher of jesus a miracle worker in the name of jesus he was baptized into Jesus's death and that's an, another good pointer for us that if this part is not centered around Jesus if we speak more about ourselves in this part then we speak about Jesus then something is wrong so this should really be about our life in Jesus so just a quick recap again Paul basically shares his testimony in three parts life before Christ then the turning point and response to the gospel, where he also very specifically shares that Ananias told him, you must now be baptized, where we see there was already some repentance and where there, there was even a miracle in, in Paul's case that he he was able to see again. And then the last part describing his new life. In Christ. And when we share our testimonies, we can do it in the same way that we share what was life like before Christ. And let's keep it simple. Paul didn't share his whole life story and everything, everything. He shared a few key points. And also what is quite interesting, he didn't, um, he neither said, my life was really horrible and just, you know, I was just so desperate and just at in the pit and, you know, just horrible, horrible, horrible. He also didn't say about himself actually, oh, I was such a a bad sinner and I did this and I did that and this. Um but he just very briefly but clearly shared what was important in his life before he lived with Jesus. Um what was his purpose in life before he lived with Jesus? What were his goals? What was driving him and what kind of contributed to that? For example, his education. So you can think as well, just what is a, a good brief way to describe your life before Christ? And I think especially um, for those who maybe grew up in a Christian family or just were now not Um, drug addicts and people who had this very obviously dark sinful life um, we can almost feel like oh but um, what what is there to share about my life before Christ so just share honestly don't embellish don't um, yeah also don't spend too much time on this part and then The turning point, what what made you turn to Jesus? How did you turn to Jesus? How did you respond to the gospel? Take time to share that. Don't just say, oh, and then suddenly I believed in Jesus. But take people a bit onto that journey of how you became convinced that the gospel is the truth. How you met with Jesus. What effect did that have in in your life, in your thinking, in your feeling? Were there specific incidents that contributed to you turning to Jesus? And then share about your response. Share about your baptism, about how you repented, how you really put your trust in Jesus, how you were filled with the Holy Spirit. And depending on the on the circumstances, that might be shorter or or longer, but. Yeah, take time to really explain this part of how you turned to Jesus and responded to the gospel and then end with sharing how how you live in Christ now. And again, um, stand firm against the temptation to to embellish things. Um, It is not true and it is not helpful that... Oh, now that I'm a follower of Jesus, I don't have any problems anymore. I don't have any insecurities anymore. Everything is just wonderful and beautiful and plain sailing until the day I see fa- Jesus face to face. That is not the truth, neither the experiential truth nor the ob- objective truth that we're told in the Bible. We are told that we will have many, that we will suffer as we follow Jesus. So just share honestly a few aspects of of your life with jesus in christ now yeah so i think this is this is actually already everything that i want to say about that there are of course other instances when people share their testimonies in the book of acts and in in the rest of the of the New Testaments, of the New Testament, <laughs> um, where where people directly share their testimonies, for example, we have another instance of Paul sharing his testimony in Acts twenty six, where he's following that same pattern, sharing his life before Jesus, then in quite a bit of detail, sharing how he he turned. Way from his former life towards Jesus, and then, yeah, showing how how his life is now with Jesus. And by the way, this this time in Acts twenty six, when when Paul shares his testimony with King Agrippa, I love the response of King Agrippa because it shows that Paul was very clear about the purpose of sharing his story. It was not only self-defense, it was certainly not self-importance or self-focus, but the purpose was to invite the person he was telling his story to into a personal experience of Jesus, a personal relationship with Jesus of salvation and a new life as well. And we see in Acts 26, the verses 28 to 29, how King Agrippa responds. King Agrippa said to Paul, do you think that in such a short time, you can persuade me to become a Christian? Paul replied, short time or not, or long, I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. So that is the purpose of, of sharing our stories. And if you're maybe a bit more, more shy and it feels like, oh no, but this is isn't this kind of too self-focused no this is this is about helping other people become like you experiencing that same relationship restored relationship with god that you have experienced and i want to encourage you in order for people to experience that to overcome your shyness to overcome maybe a dislike of speaking about yourself and to just do it. Maybe if you're the opposite kind of personality, you, you kind of love talking about yourself, then also keep in mind, this is not about self-focus. This is not, um, yeah, to put you in the center. But this is your testimony should be about Jesus. And the purpose of it should be to invite others into a life with Jesus. Yeah. Let me end with um, one very remarkable time where where Jesus told somebody very specifically to share their story for the glory of God. In Mark 5, we see the, yeah, the situation where Jesus sets a man free from a legion of demons, that man's life was broken. He was controlled by demonic forces. He was, yeah, separated from his family, separated from his people, because he was just uncontrollable and dangerous. And then Jesus came and set him free. And this now free man was told by Jesus, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you and that is what you want to do when you share your story to share how much the lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you and the verse continues so the man went away and began to tell in the decapolis so that's a those are 10 towns that's like a um a un, a governmental unit so he, he told his story to a lot of people. So he began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. That We can see that, read that in Mark 5, verses 19 to 20. So that is somebody who was told directly by Jesus, go and share your story, who did it, who did it widely, again, as we... As we remember some other principles of evangelism that we've already spoken about, the sowing widely, uh, testimony, your story is really something that you can share very widely, very, um, yeah, with almost anyone. And of course, you will you will share in in different ways and with strangers. You will not share as openly and vulnerably, maybe as with acquaintances, and not as. In much detail, but I want to encourage you, be aware of um, the power of your story. Become good at sharing your story, maybe take some time, and just jot down a few bullet points under those three topics. What was your life like before you had life in Jesus? Then what was the turning point? How did you respond to the good news? And then describe briefly how your life with Jesus is now. And then share it. As I did in in the story that I shared in the beginning. Pray for opportunities to share your testimony. And yeah, practice makes perfect as well. And and the more you share it, the more natural it will also become for you. The more um, trained you will become in spotting opportunities to share your testimony. So I'd yeah like to, to challenge you until we speak again, that you think through your own testimony and write it down. And yeah follow Paul's pattern in that, to not get imbalanced, to not focus too much on your life before Jesus. And then just say, oh, and then I started believing in Jesus and everything changed and my life is great. That is not not very helpful, but kind of try to have this the three parts in in at the same length. Life before Christ, your turning point and response, and then life with Christ. And then, do you remember um, a while ago? I think just after we spoke about broad sewing, we um, I encouraged you to actually. Um, Write down the names of people who you are connected to, who do not know Jesus yet, who do not follow Jesus yet. And that time I encouraged you to pray for them, to look for opportunities, to just engage with them. But yeah, now if you want to pull out that, that list or that map of people again and just yeah, be reminded to pray for them, but then also pray very specifically that with those people that you're loosely connected with, that you will be able to share your story with them. This is really a, a great start to to having spiritual conversations. And then yeah, see, are they a moth? Or a cockroach, as we also said in in one of those broad sewing sessions, you know, will they be drawn in by your story? Will they be interested? Will they ask more questions? Then, wonderful, wow, share more. Or are they not responding? Are they not interested at the moment? Well, what did you lose? And who knows what God might still do with what you shared with them. So, yeah. And that was that for today. I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope that you that you are blessed as you think about your own story, about the mercy that God had with you and the great things that He has done in your life to to change you, to give you new life. So I hope as you think about your testimony, that you're encouraged by that again, and that it would um, make you eager to share, your story for the glory of Jesus. God bless you and talk to you next time. Bye-bye.